Are you fearful of being knocked off, of someone stealing your idea? Today's guest has an innovative product that has been knocked off at least 37 times over the past couple of decades, including by some very big companies. But his company was able to continue to grow despite all of these external threats. And you'll learn from his story some great ways to make sure your business succeeds as well. Welcome to another episode of the Harvest Growth Podcast, focused on helping consumer product companies, inventors, and entrepreneurs harvest the growth potential of their product businesses. Today, I'm really excited to be speaking with the CEO of notaglue.com, the Bondic company, if you're familiar with it. If not, check out the website. Again, notaglue.com. Great website name. We'll learn more about it. And Robert Harbauer, who's the CEO, is on the, on the line with me today. Robert, thanks so much for taking the time. Thanks for having me. I'm glad it's not a farm show. I'm glad it's about like entrepreneurs. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. I get that question a lot about, well, I don't know, where did harvest growth come from? Not oh, from you farming. Know you open up. I was just teasing you. <laughs> That's funny. So tell us about the product. So for those that are listening that haven't heard of Bondic in the past, I, I know the product works awesome. It's incredible, but not everybody has. So what is Bondic and how does it work? Well, first of all, it's not a glue. And that's the biggest thing to overcome because you, your father, your grandfather, Basically, since cavemen, you know, boiled bones and took tree sap, glue has been around. So it's in our psyche on, you know, sticking two things together. But when you have a hole or when you're missing something, a part of something, you can't glue nothing. You can't glue a hole. So Bondic is basically an invention taken from the dental industry. So if you've had any dental work the last 15 years or so, they'll put a resin in your cavity where your cavity was, I should say. And they'll use a, a blue light, a UV light to cure it hard. So Bondic came literally from a dentist an inventor in Germany. And uh, it was modified to be used on virtually everything. So it's not meant for teeth at all because it's a different formula. The principle is the same. And curing with UV has been around for a long time, right? So they do it on paints. They, the printer uses it. They do it on ladies' nails. So that's the technology, basically. Fantastic. So what, what are the primary uses? I'm sure there's thousands of things that this could be purchased for, but what do you find most often that people buy? Oh, I'm going to list all thousand. We're going to be here for 24 hours. <laughs> Perfect. Fantastic. So <laughs> you use it, for example, on any time you're in a bind. So glue is almost always cured by air. So that's one of the reasons why when you grab a glue a second or third time, it's spent, it's not working, it's not uh, you know, meant to, to behave or be open at all because the air exposed it. So it fails. Second thing is we live in a plastic world, right? So everything, everywhere we touch from, uh, I don't know, from a toilet seat to your drink, to your pen, your phone, your charger, there's all kinds of things, your car, knobs, switches, toys, and you just might need to make it better. Many times I bought things and it broke and I'm like, wow, this sucks. The engineering was bad. But with Bondic, I would be able to beef it up. I could make it better than original. So the trick is, if you've got a very smooth surface, make it rough because Bondic is not a glue. You're making, you got liquid plastic or think of it as a 3D printer in your pocket that you can whip out and use quickly. So you smash a drone, you know, you have a cable that's on the fritz, you have prescription glasses and you sit on them on your first day of your trip on your holiday, you're kind of messed up until you get back because you're not going to get it in that island where you are. And that's what it's for. I mean, I've used it. A blind wouldn't close at a hotel. You're exhausted. You're tired. You know they're going to switch rooms. Maybe they don't have a room. So I just took the bond because I always travel everywhere with it and fixed that little 
chain thing up and then I was back in business, had a dark room. So it's silly, but it's practical and it doesn't dry out. It only cures with UV light. So you'll, it'll always work for years. Oh, fantastic. And unlike glues as well, you know, especially the stronger glues, you can use them about three times before the lid gets stuck on there, hard to work with. But this, because it doesn't solidify until you add that UV light, it's, you can reuse the same container for a long time, right? Yeah. Do you know the super glue, the crazy glue was invented sure. in the battlefield? <laughs> it, was, it was meant to uh, replace stitches because you only got a couple seconds. You can't sew stuff up. There's chaos happening. So it was a glue invented to close wounds quickly. Um, and they had to dumb it down because people were getting stuck to their eyelids and all kinds of uh, literally technical issues. Yeah. So I, I say that's dumbed down. It's not the same stuff that was out there when we were kids, um, but this is different. And that's so many times something from another industry can re repurpose, reused if you just think about it differently. I had no idea that history makes a lot of sense. I know I've, I've actually used them for stitches and they still do in hospitals every now and then a form yeah. of super glue. I had no idea. That's, that's how it started. That's interesting. So with such a great product, awesome demonstrations, it works really well. I'm sure you've never had any problems with this business, right? It's just grown and no, no issues at all since you started, right? Nightmare <laughs> after another, to be honest. Sure. Right? First of all, you've got a technology that comes from the medical industry and you're trying to compete with a $3 product or a $1.99 yeah. product. That's your first nightmare. You know, uh, my, my dad said to me, he's, he's Austrian, he says, what are you going to do? This is not a glue. Who's going to buy this for $21? Like, no joke, right? And fast forward, he, his, he was retired. His buddy gave him a, a wooden boat to build. And he had the pro kit of the Bondic. And then he said, I got to show you something. Can I have some more of this stuff? And I go, what's going on? He says, I have no time for this glue. I'm using the Bondic to build the boat quickly. Like, no joke, right? So uh, he became a big fan of it. But he couldn't understand why somebody would spend that much money. And um, what I'm not good at is if it's a commodity, like if it's toothpaste, toilet paper, photocopy paper, I'm going to starve. My specialty is something that's new and unique and never been heard of before. I think I'm good at creating awareness for that. And if, I, if I'm passionate about it, if I like what I do, then I can be good at it. If I can't be stimulated, if I can't provide a value, it doesn't work for me, right? And um, that was the challenge with Bondic number one. I had to use the not a glue site name because the website name, because I had to hammer home what it's not. Because the number one problem is people buy this thing, try and use it like a glue, and then it sucks, right? So those are, the, and there's a, the big thing for us was knockoffs. So we get a roll going and instantaneously you go to a trade show. So trade shows have a double-edged sword, right? Like you think you're going to find great buyers, but what you've done is you've notified the industry. You put them on notice. Hey, we're here. And there's a lot of people who have way more um, wingspan than you, way more leverage, way more money. And so we got copied and we had uh, patents for everything. However, when these companies open up, they create a shell company. There's no assets. It's just meant for that product. And if you would sue them, it would take forever. There'd be nothing in the company. Uh, it got so bad that one of the biggest brands out there, the infomercial brands, bought our product. I have the invoice that they bought it. Uh, they spray painted the product a different color, did test marketing to see whether it would go, sent everybody a letter. Oh my God, it's so successful. We sold out, shipped them nothing, returned the money or didn't even charge the credit card, but got proof of concept and then went after us, right? And, and went after the space because that's what they do. Um, and all we had to, and then we got like complaints galore because my thing was always 
answer your emails, respond to yeah. people. You're in a social media world. If you don't do that, it's like the, the death knell, right? They're going to attack you. Um, also on the internet, people become heroes. They're hiding behind a keyboard and they are brutal critics on anything. So um, our, our aspect and, and my business partner, Tony's motto was if they're calling, there's a reason. Little did we know that people are so frustrated from getting ripped off on a bad product that they're sending emails everywhere and we're getting emails from competitors. And so <laughs> we call them up and we go, you know, what, what color is your price? Blue. And the damn thing is like solid rock. It, the light doesn't run this and that. And we go, well, we're not a blue product. You don't have the orange one in a tin. They go, no. And they go, listen, we apologize. Uh, you've got one of the knockoffs. Would it be okay if we sent you the original at our cost? And uh, it was expensive because I FedExed or UPS them the original. But what I wanted was that when they're on the table at Thanksgiving telling cousin Joe how dumb they were, they're also telling a hero story of what we did for them. And that is like news, right? So I always say, if you buy a truck made on Friday with 28 problems and you're at the dealership, that's what you tell everybody, right? Because that's interesting. But if you do if you make a major mistake and you're a goof and I correct it and I make you feel good and I don't care, then uh, you're going to tell 12 people. And I think that was one of the battles we had to fight. And uh, in the end, in the grand scheme of things, it's not a lot of money to uh, take care of your brand. Right. Yeah. And it's, it's something that we often forget that word of mouth starts with one-on-one. We all want, we all want to go viral, right? I do one effort, one video, one picture, one post, whatever it might be. And it goes to millions. That's everyone's dream. But in reality, success comes or starts with that one-on-one -on -one interaction and solving problems or overcoming concerns or issues, even when it's with a competitor and that can go such a long ways. And it's, it's rare to it's hear. What? Like a TikTok is like seven, 10 seconds, 15 seconds. Yeah. You explaining what a goof you were to all your family while you're having a couple of drinks is a 15 minute sales pitch. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'll take that and then multiply that out, you know, and then the whole family network knows about it. So that's, that's the one thing that we made really sure of and always having like the best product you can. And I think, I think part of the process was uh, not getting distracted from that because you will lose sleep if you start worrying about that. And the reality is if people are doing any shortcuts, it just ends up being a failure. There is no shortcuts. You take the long way, the hard way, and you yeah. do what you have to do. And that's what's going to win because I don't know how the rabbit and the hair story fits in, but I was in it for the right reasons. I think I make the best product. I really take care of anybody who has an issue with it. We try and respond to everything. And you know what? I don't even need the whole pie. I, I don't like, it's a giant pie. Like reality is, you know, 98% of people still don't know who I am. I'm still working at it. So every percent that I get uh, is going to take care of me and, and that's it. Right. It's also harder to be the only one doing something. Right. So yeah. they copied us so blatantly that in reality, our goal was to say when they're going out selling to a retail store to get on that, that, you know, where the checkout is and that section where all the infomercial stuff is, I think they have to go and say, listen, we're the same as Bondic, but we're cheaper. We're the same, but whatever. So they have to use me to describe their brand. 
And I don't know, maybe I should send them a bottle of champagne to say thanks because they they ended up doing it because then people called us and said, oh, you're the real one. We only deal with the original. Yeah. So that was helpful too. Love it. Love it. So before this interview, we went back and forth a little bit chatting about your business and just kind of stories you have to share. One thing you mentioned was how you place such an importance on customer care. So, so far we've talked a lot about treating other, your competitors' customers well, right? And of course, wanting them and them and their family and friends to become customers of yours rather. But let's talk about one thing you mentioned is how you treat each shipment. I think you use the words like a special gift as you send it out. So you sent out millions of these, but every single one of them is so important. I'd love to hear your, I guess, your philosophy on customer care for your actual customers too. Uh, starts with the people that work for you, right? So uh, Agnes is a, a lady that was a temp we hired and and I just saw she cared really about the product. So if there was the smallest mark on the tin and John, like I'm talking like, like inconceivable of anything is like a, a fraction of a hair. She wouldn't yeah. ship it out. I'm like, come on, Agnes, like give me a break, right? You add that up. Um, you, you check everything. And uh, that's the first impression. So and I know that people left the LED on. I know that it didn't go out empty because it's impossible the way we, we fill everything and measure and weigh in and the way our QC is really tight that way. So maybe their kid used it and emptied it. Um, but you know what? It's just cheaper to let them be right and not become a burden. And, and it's like that story with the bad truck made on a Friday, for example. If you get into that space then you're the news, you're, you're a topic. I don't want to be a negative topic at any cost because that just never ends, right? And then I become like one of these other hundreds of thousands of experiences out there that suck. So um, you take care in everything you do, you're, you're proud about it. So it starts with my staff. This lady, Agnes, came to me and said, the tin's different. I go, what do you mean it's different? She goes, feel it. I go, how, how would I know? Well, it's because she's touched so many, she yeah. knew that the supplier had ever so slightly changed the dimensions to save money over millions of stampings, right? So anyways, it was fine, but that's the type of people you need. You take care of your people internally. They watch out for you. And uh, we had a guy come in, no joke, and there was a mistake in the order. It just, the, 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 the company that picks and ships for us literally just made a mistake. And we had arranged for it to be fixed immediately because he sent an email. He's a retired guy. And, uh, and it was at the back to go out the door. Doesn't the actual person show up at the office? And I hear it. So I immediately go down as a CEO. I say, hi, I'm the CEO. Tell me what happened. And then I go to my staff. I said, do you know anything about this? And she, she goes right to the back, pulls it out of the UPS ready to go shipment, gives it to him. The guy's my sales, one of my salespeople. <laughs> he just loves it so much. He said, listen, if you ever want somebody to work, I'm retired. I'd love to work the phones. I'd love to sell. So he does retail sales for us, right? So, I mean, that's, do you remember, you might be too young. Do you remember Victor Kayam and the shaver for Remington? He says, I like the shaver so much, I bought the company. That was a famous yeah, commercial. Right. And, I remember uh, that line. Forgot his name, but I know that line. Love I got for customers who love the product so much they want to work for us. So that's a yeah. good thing. Yeah, and I think that's that's great advice and a great way to think about it. No matter what type of company you have, or you know, bring in people that have that same passion that you do. Whether you're the founder, the CEO, but you're running the business, right? They've got to have that passion. And I, I love how you brought up a couple of things. You know, there are problems that your people, your employees, are going to find with a product, a service, whatever it is, that you may not even understand, right? So you, you mentioned the tin that you 
you're not as familiar with it because you don't haven't touched thousands. I'm not on the floor. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Week, whatever, right? Yeah. So they they get it. It's it's great understanding and respecting their perspective as well. You also mentioned in your email talking about how you treat suppliers well, also. So customers. Um, okay, we get it. Well, how about how about suppliers? What can you tell me a story okay, on, so on that? I got I got to air some dirty laundry. Okay, so uh, I. I, had, I was working with somebody, happens to be my ex, and she did things differently, right, uh, than I would. So she was slow at paying suppliers. And then when you become that person, you're not a priority, right? And um, so we have my split up, whatever, and, and, and you don't always go, it's like a roller coaster, right? You go up, then you go down a little bit, hopefully you go back up, and then you got to watch it, you don't fall too far. But I wish I could make it like a perfect hockey stick. If you go back macro-wise, it is a hockey stick, but if you zoom in, it's like yeah. a horrible roller coaster, right? If you, if you manage it micro-wise. Anyways, um, I did a road trip. It took me a couple of months, and I visited everybody we dealt with, and I apologized because I didn't have my eye on the thing. Like I had complete trust and I was oblivious to it trying to grow the business. And, um, and I needed, uh, I wanted to make good. And in some cases I needed a second chance for them to trust me. Right. Cause they were essentially, and I was of the belief that they're being the problem, but really, if you look at it, it was our problem. And, uh, fast forward COVID hits. And, uh, I had gotten my terms back from those people. And so I picked up the phone and I said, listen, I've got uh, uh, an outstanding amount. It's due in, you know, 49 days. Would it help you if I sent it to you right now? And they were like blown away. They were like, is this real? And in some cases it saved their butt. Like it really was the check that they needed to prevent layoffs because everything went south. Like a lot of stuff completely stopped in its tracks, right? At that moment, because we've never been globally in such a lockdown virtually all at once in front of our phones. So we exploded with our online sales because that was a unique event in history for us, for for everybody. And uh, and I was able to reciprocate. So it's it's just a different relationship because nobody does it. I think some people take, yeah. take, 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 take. And uh, and I had to really do the right thing because I, I, like I, I don't care if it was early or not. I had it. And I just felt maybe they're in a situation I'd ask them. And, and now that same, for example, that was a printer he won't print anything without calling us to see if he can squeeze some of our stuff on and give it to us at, at a fraction of the cost. Like, how would you ever get that from anybody? So I'm able to still produce and maintain and, and do things in North America because of that. When normally anybody else has, has to go overseas to get that kind of pricing or that kind of treatment. Yeah. Right? Wow. I love that. You know, it, it kind of, if I could summarize it to me, everything you're talking about is think outward, right? It's not all, if we sit there and, and are very insular, think about just ourselves, our product, our revenues, that's it, then we, our business can suffer. But as you think about your customers, as you think about your employees, as you think about your suppliers and realize we're all in this together, then everybody can work together for a much higher level of success. So I, I love that. If you listen to your customers, you don't know where to take your product to the next level because yeah. they, they're using it, those thousands of ways you haven't even thought of, right? Like it's hard for me to be original when I've been around it since 2014, but for all these other people, it's new. And for these thousands and thousands of people, they have a complete different use, angle, take, view, position, idea than I would have. I just need to get that feedback so I can move to the next thing. And the suppliers, um, I want them thinking about stuff because 
they know, hey, take a look at this. Did you know about this? Like, I can't keep up with everything, right? Just like a doctor can't keep up to reading all the research papers on a particular, you know, um, type of, of uh, sickness. I can't keep up on all things as well. So they're my, um, I don't know, they're my bird dogs. They're out there finding stuff and telling me stuff. And that's what I like. And it's fun. Like, it's way better environment than just taking care of yourself. Absolutely. Well, Robert, this has been a really fun interview. I'd love to hear your story. Super insightful. Again, love the product too. Is there anything I didn't ask you that you think could be helpful for our audience? Um, I think you, you covered everything. I, I just want to say that make sure you're passionate about what you do because it comes across, right? And, and take care of the people that you work with because they're your eyes, they're your ears, they're your, your front because I can't talk to everybody. And then um, try and provide value, right? Try and, you know, sometimes I can't just increase the price because everything gets more expensive. I got to eat it for a while until it's the right time um, and, and enjoy what you do, right? Don't freak out about what everybody else is doing. Focus on what you got to do and get there, right? Nobody can, not even Elon Musk is going to have the entire electric car business. He's going to have to share it, yeah. right? And we all got to, it's, it's just the reality of it. So, um that's the deal. Like just focus on what you got to do, I think. Love it. So I do want to encourage our audience, please go check out their website, notaglue.com. And Robert was nice enough to offer a discount code to our listeners. If you use the code SMS, Sam, Mary, Sam, 15, that's the number one, five, right, Robert? Yeah. So SMS one, five or 15, you get a 15% off discount on their website. So please go check it out. Uh, Robert, again, this is a lot of fun. I do want to tell our audience, be sure to check out harvestgrowthpodcast.com to see other episodes we've recorded. And if you like this episode and want to learn more about how you can profitably grow your consumer product business, please subscribe to our show and leave us a review at iTunes or Google Play. 